0: The Athletic Hello, I'm Dan Bardell, welcome to 1874, the Athletics podcast all about Aston Villa Football Club. Joined as ever by Greg Evans and Holly Percival, a little bit of a weird Christmas party at 9am in the morning, but we wanted to do a final podcast all together before the Christmas period, have a good little update on all the things that are going on
1: at Villa Park, although not a lot at the moment. How are we both? Good, thank you. Yeah, I'm good, thanks Dan. Nice to, nice to see you again, two days in a row. I know, yeah.
0: Well, we'll come on to that. Greg and I did some late-night podcasting last night, and it was very, very good, but we will talk about that a little bit later in the show. Holly, you well in your Christmas jumper? At least you've made an effort.
2: Yeah, I was... I was going to say, someone's made an effort this morning and that was me. Um, so I'm very disappointed in the lack of Christmas theme among this podcast. But I yeah, didn't know, there was, a, didn't know it.
0: there was a Christmas theme, to be honest. So I didn't put anything on. I've actually got a Villa Christmas jumper, so I could have put that on. But then anyone that's listening to the podcast is never going to see it. So essentially, that's pointless. Greg need a covid update from you's oh <laughs> <laughs> gotta be gotta be the only place to start the covid yeah. update like cancellation of the Burnley game unfortunately just as I'd arrived in Birmingham um
1: yeah what's going on is the game on Boxing Day at risk I think it still is at the moment it's due to go ahead but as as we keep hearing from Stephen Gerard in every press conference um it's literally an hour by hour. Um, update, you know, think things change so quickly. Villa are are testing every day now. You know, it was three day uh, three times a week. It's now every single day. And they're waiting for results back. Um I think the following day. I think they get that then. So uh or, you know certainly within twenty four hours now I think that there's a speeding up of the process. But yeah. Stephen Gerrard was asked to give some team news out <laughs> of the Chelsea game and he simply couldn't you know the, the one thing that I've really liked about him is that he's been so open um, and he tries to explain everything that's happening with his players he just can't at the moment because the situation's so fluid it, you know, it's changing so often um, positive and negative cases have been recorded every day um, and what's going against Villa is the fact that so many under twenty three players have, have featured for Villa. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. Yeah, this season, so the Premier League look at that and think, well, you know, that, that they're actually classed as first team players now. So uh, I think believe it's fourteen players they need to have available to to be able to get the fixture ahead. Um, and at present, Villa have got those.
0: Yeah, because someone said to me before the before the game got cancelled that basically because Villa's under twenty three has applied the night before. That if they could have still pulled them in to play the game on Saturday, is that the case? Because that feels like bad scheduling as well, having an under-23s game the night before and then Villa might need to utilise some of those players and they can't because they've played the night before and there's illnesses
1: there as well. Is that, is that the case? I think it is, yeah, because they're part of the first team. Um... So even if they'd played the night before...
2: I'm pretty sure it
1: was all I mean yeah, I'll have to get the to find simple, out yeah. find the finer details around that, but I'm pretty sure they can, yeah. I mean it looks it's not ideal, is it? And I know there's there's clear frustration there amongst the amongst the coaching team. Uh you know, Ashley Young picked up an injury, didn't he, uh, in in the last game at Norwich and I think I think the staff felt that he was possibly being overused, but if you look at the bench on that night, the majority of other players, well, in fact the whole of the, the midfield were teenagers. So, you know, Villa didn't really have any other options to turn to when Campbell was out injured. Sanson missed the game. Uh, El Ghazi missed the game. You know, they, 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 were, they were threadbare at the time. So, it's a real unusual situation. Um, and, you know, we can't even say that it's the same for the rest of the Premier League because there are some clubs that haven't recorded a single positive COVID case. Um, and clearly, if you're one of those clubs then that's the reason why at the Premier League meeting earlier in the week you voted um, for the games to continue. Yeah, I think Burnley
0: only had one case, didn't they? So they'd you know, have been coming up against a depleted Villa. That that does give them an advantage. You know, Villa are going into that game in good form, Holly, but if yeah, Burnley have got a full squad and Villa haven't because of COVID, it, it does seem unfair.
2: Yeah, I think like Greg said, after the Norwich game, Villa's bench and options uh, for substitutes were kind of depleted and, and very limited. So in terms of fitness and availability, I think Villa were definitely further behind than Burnley, but I still was excited to see the game because I felt like the momentum from Norwich and the excitement from Norwich would have carried through to the game against Burnley and I would have put my eggs all in Villa's basket to win that game as well. So it was disappointing to see it get called off, but you know, the health and, and safety of the players and the staff do come first. So hopefully that game will be rescheduled at a good time when Villa have got still got good momentum and, and they can go on and win that game as well. But... I guess the same could be said for the Boxing Day fixture. Hopefully Villa are better off than Chelsea in terms of COVID cases. It's not that you want anyone to be out with COVID because you want to have the best game of football possible. But, you know, there are those slight silver linings. I think hence why on the weekend, you know, there was some strange upsets. Chelsea drawing, Liverpool drawing, you know, all those factors come into it as to why teams aren't performing the best they are. And on top of a busy festive period as well. So... Hopefully, you know, there aren't any major injuries and players aren't overworked too much, but teams can only do so much if the games are still going ahead. Yeah, I feel like
0: I might be a COVID risk for the Chelsea game at the moment. Off to get that tri- new Christmas tradition of a PCR test later on in the day. Greg, it's a bit of a funny one because it was it was cancelled or postponed so, so late. It's not really anything anyone could do about it. You did you did a piece on the day explaining what, what had happened. Just for the people who hadn't seen that piece, can you can you just go through the day and, and what will have happened? Because it... It's it's like I say, it's no one's fault really, but to call a game off around two hours before kickoff, it's not great.
1: Yeah, it's a nightmare for supporters. Um, You know, people forget there was a lot of upset Villa fans, but people forget about the Burnley fans travelling down as well. Um, You know, many of those would would have left off. Of course, they would have, and and they would have been on their way. So, logistically, it's a nightmare for supporters. Uh, Really, really frustrating. There wasn't too much more Villa could have done about it. Um, They. They were on the back of the Norwich game where they knew how many COVID cases they had. Um, They were testing every day, tested on Friday, and were waiting for the uh, results overnight on Saturday. Um, It's my understanding that at uh, 10.30am... They contacted the Premier League to ask for the game to be called off because they'd received more COVID cases overnight. Um, Premier League never got back to them until twelve fifteen. Oh, that's mad, uh, and, and that was you know that was when that was when the decision was made. You know, I had a conversation with somebody at the club at twelve o'clock, twelve noon, um, and and their understanding was that the game was going to go ahead. At that point, by twelve fifteen, the game had been called off. So that was just how quickly things quickly turned around, um, and. Look, it was the right decision in the end because Villa would have been absolutely down to the bare bones. And what you don't want to go and see as a football fan is your second team playing against um you know, a, a full first team, or in you know, in even an extreme case, you your third team playing against an opposing second team. You wanna see the best game and, and and as a football fan, um and as a Villa fan, you wanna see your best team out there and Villa just weren't able to to field that so the right decision was made in the end.
0: Why is there that gap? You might not know the answer. Villa were letting Premier League know at ten thirty. Why is it taking so long for the Premier League to get back to them? Because time is sensitive in this in this instance. I,
1: d- I don't know the you know the, the the finer details around you know how many cases they would recorded, who was who was missing, you know who was classed as a first team player. That there, there are so much more that go into so many more details that go into it, and. Um, I think what you've got to remember from the Premier League's point of view is that they've got a lot going on as well, you know. Um I think that, you know, organising these these meetings, they can't just happen immediately. I think they're decisions that need to be sort of carefully analysed. But look, I think, I think Villa got I think I think the decision that was made was the right one in the end, and that was the most important thing.
0: I don't know whether you saw it, Holly. There's a young lad called Kaita, kid that had come over from from the Singapore Lions. Oh, such... <laughs> Imagine getting there and, and as a kid in the game just getting cancelled. I mean, he's, luckily, I think Luke Roper have sorted him out with two tickets for Boxing Day against Chelsea, but now that could end up not happening as well. You think of all these people coming from far and wide to catch a game before Christmas and all all the money, I mean, it doesn't matter to me really, but you know, I've spent money on fuel to come down to, to Birmingham. Like I say, it's, it's not a massive deal at all. I get there and the game gets cancelled, but there's people coming from all over the place to catch a game before Christmas and they'll never really get that money back.
2: Yeah, it's it's a real shame because I think, you know, for some families who don't have season tickets or can't afford to go each week, Christmas is that perfect time to gift tickets to matches and, and go together as a family on Boxing Day or the game before or the game after. So it is a real shame and I, I think there needs to be a better system. But I think even though last year when fans weren't allowed in and there was that transition back to having fans back in this season... I still don't think there's a great way to kind of deal with with random postponements. So uh, hopefully people who, who have travelled, you know, extreme distances, for such as Singapore, are able to go to the games this uh, over Boxing Day or perhaps the one after that. But, you know, you almost forget how big Villa's fan base is in terms of globally. So, you know, when you see that kind of post on Twitter and you go, oh, I've only travelled, you know, 10 minutes of the road to try and watch them, but other people have travelled globally to watch Villa because they're the club that means everything to them. It's, it's a real shame. So hopefully things have been sorted out. And if, if Luke Roper have sorted the tickets out, that's great as well. So, you know, I almost, I saw that and I was like, I, I mean, I don't even have a season ticket that I can offer. Not that I can do that as an option anyway, but you just wish that the club could do more or anyone could do more to kind of help accommodate that. Especially if come, you know, 24 hours before kickoff, there are still seats available for sale they should just be handing those out to people who have, you know, missed out to previous games through postponement. I think, you know, there could be a better system for that. So, hopefully, Boxing Day goes ahead because I think it will still be a really exciting game, excluding, you know, potential COVID cases.
1: I think, done in, in the club's defence, you know, they, they they did try to do as much as they could to uh, to to get it. And you know, the, the the statement that they put out after they, you know, they were very apologetic that they, they, you know, they made it clear that that they knew it would have. Uh, affected plenty, many supporters, and, and they clearly wanted to apologise for that. There were some supporters who had bought hospitality tickets, and, and they were still allowed to go into the ground. You know, have their meal, um, have a couple of drinks, as you you know, as they usually would have. You know, they might have got some some guests coming along with them. Um, you know, Villa accommodated for those, um, and will still give them uh, you know a, a ticket for the for the return game when it's originally. Uh, sorry when it's rescheduled so look you know that they, they they did try they did they it's it's unforeseen circumstances isn't it at the moment um yeah sure and i think clubs across the country are just trying to accommodate and adapt as, as best they can at the moment but it's just a, it's just such a difficult scenario unfortunately uh, and, and, and as we all know i think we we all know individually more people who have got covid than 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 ever before you know covid isn't going away so Clubs and and other industries across the country need to adapt, unfortunately.
0: Sits well. Holly calling Villa a global club though, doesn't he, Greg? The global Greg (laughs) Evans. Good to her. (laughs) Yeah. Loves it. I saw the little smile on his face when she said when she said Global Club Aston Villa.
3: Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone?
0: Let's hear from Steve and Gerrard. Greg's already touched on it, but the load on players at the moment is massive. Gerard spoke this week about that very subject. Well, my staff and, and people around the club are trying to do our best to, to keep the players in the best situation we can, trying to protect them, trying to um, make sure that we have and the environment in the best, safest possible way we can. We had a situation at the weekend where one of the players was reluctant to get out of his car because um, he, he had some symptoms and he's got a young family and the time. Um, and you can totally understand his view and his situation on it. Thankfully, he was tested after it and he, he didn't have a situation, but that player wouldn't have been available for me on the day. Um, and these are the little situations that people don't see.
1: Not good, is it, Greg? It's not, no, because I think what a lot of people forget as well, you know, these footballers, they are just human beings as well. You know, they care about their family, they care about their health, and, the, and of course they do. Um, you know, nobody wants to be picking up COVID at the moment. The, the, what, what I would say is that Villa, there's a very high double vaccination um, rate, and, you know, that they're uh, the players are going through the booster jabs as, as and when possible. Um, obviously, not everyone not every player has it and it, there are individual cases. Um, and that's why the club need to take those into consideration. They need to protect them because it was a duty of care there as, as a work. Um, as, a, as an employer as well. So it, it just shows, isn't it? It's just it's just a mad world at the moment and nothing's really changing. I don't know whether you saw the shots of Trezeguet running
0: around Villa Park, just casually doing a few laps of, of the pitch holler.
2: Yeah, I'm super excited to see him back, hopefully. And I, I think he's another player that could thrive under Gerard if given the chance and, and he's able to come back from injury so quickly. So um, you kind of hope that the COVID situation at Villa doesn't get worse, which would potentially mean having to call on him sooner than expected um, and hopefully he's not overworked too quickly so I think again he can be a really uh, impactful substitute or potentially you know even prove his point and, and make his way into the starting 11 so um, it's kind of he's, he's one of those players that Villa will just need at the right times and I, I think he can definitely produce for them yeah
0: soccer Saturday picked up on him running around the pitch I don't know whether you saw it Greg just then he called him David Trezegar which was a bit of a bit of a throwback, the old the old French striker. Yeah, I I'm Sure, he. Will. I'm sure he won't mind. <laughs> a nice that. little nice little comparison there. Let's attempt to preview the Chelsea game on Boxing Day then. Difficult to do because we can't really talk about team news because literally anybody could end up being be missing. It's a, it's a really funny one, but if it does go ahead, it's a decent time to play Chelsea, Greg.
1: Yeah, I think it is, but um, that will quickly be qualified if, if Villa have a lot of first team players out. So we'll have to see who's available for Villa first and foremost. Um, if there's lots of under twenty three players and it's going to be difficult, we know that some of them can come in and step in. Um, you know, Carney Chukwemeka is, is a player who we're all excited to see. Um, and, and there are others on the bench as well. But if you're going up against Chelsea, you know that typically you're going to be up against a very strong squad. They're in a bit of a difficult moment, aren't they? They're, they're not scoring and, and, and keeping goals out at the, at the rate that they previously were. They've got lots of injuries and, and COVID setbacks themselves. Um, so it might be one of those games that I was mentioning earlier that we're not too keen on, where it's uh, two understrength teams lining up against each other and it has a feel of a, of a Carabao Cup game. But we shall see. I mean, look, you know, Villa, Villa are playing well under Steven Gerrard. So if they can name a decent team, they'll, they'll fancy the chances. Yeah, Steven Gerrard's got a checkered past with Chelsea as
0: well, hasn't he? So he'll, he'll want to get one over on them always, I'm sure.
2: Yeah, I think Gerrard will be looking to go for a win 100%. Uh, he's not obviously got a win against a a big six team as of yet. So I think he'll want to make his mark and and utilize the fact that Chelsea are going to be without, you know, you know, Lukaku will most likely still be out with COVID and, you know, Ben Chilwell is still out. So that they are definitely missing some key players. I think it's just going to be how much momentum Villa can have going into the game. Like Greg said, how much has COVID disrupted the team and training? Do they still have that momentum from Norwich? Um, Hopefully, you know, again, it's so hard to predict Villa's team, but, if Jacob Ramsey is still still feeling confident, then I you know, I'd put my money on him to, to be one of the most impactful players and, and John McGinn always seems to, you know, do well in, in in games against Chelsea and if Kante's available, I you know, I think that could be a really good midfield scrap. So it's definitely an exciting game and, and we've, you know, not had the best success against Chelsea on Boxing Day fixtures previously, but hopefully that might change this, this year.
0: Well, fingers crossed if it can go ahead safely, the game against Chelsea on Boxing Day does happen. Now, we did promise you a special Christmas treat today, but you're going to have to hang on a few days as Greg is going to write up an article about it. But I can at least tell you now what it is and tease you with a very short clip. So let's run that clip now.
1: I was really, really disappointed not to play the the first game. You know, me being me, you know, adore playing football, what I live for, and not to play that kind of big game at Villa Park. The atmosphere was electric that day. It, It was really, really frustrating for me. So... When we are 1-0 down people probably go on about the technique or whatever it was honestly hand on that it was pure frustration i was either hitting that into the top corner or i was hitting it into the halting i didn't care you know what i mean i was just putting my foot through it and luckily enough if people are talking about it now as a wonder strike which is amazing of course
0: yeah greg and i sat down on zoom last night with conor harahan and went through his time in claret and blue
1: it's a very enjoyable evening, wasn't it, Greg? Really good. It was one of those interviews where I came away thinking, wow, you know, I've learnt quite a lot from him. But also, I just felt we could have just talked more and more for hours and hours and hours about Villa, you know, his genuine love for the club. Um, and I just wanted to know more. It was one of those ones where I just could have got on for so long. It was great. And I'm sure the listeners will really enjoy it next week. Yeah, and you'll have a written piece coming out as well, won't you, Greg, to accompany the podcast? Yeah, yeah. Got that done quite quick overnight, actually, Dan. I was uh, quite impressed with myself. Fair play to because it was a late <laughs> finish. Usually takes me uh, a day, you know, or so to put, to put these stories together, but turn this one around quite quickly, so maybe I'm getting better with age, mate. Maybe it's because he gave you so much
0: golden information, which is <laughs> more easy to put together than the yeah, usual Let's place. Let's go with that. Yeah, thanks to Connor for, for, for spending his evening talking to us, and hopefully that'll be a podcast that you'll all enjoy while well, you're just nursing your hangovers around Christmas or just isolated and whatever everyone's doing, because, yeah, the world is absolutely mad. Holly, you looking forward to that?
2: The podcast, uh, definitely.
0: Uh... <laughs> well, not, yeah, not, not being isolated. Yeah, you're looking forward to the podcast.
2: Yeah, the podcast, 100%. Uh, we were just saying then, uh, Conor Hurhan is definitely one of my favourite players. I kind of pick my favourite players based on people who just kind of value the club and have good morals and, and you know aren't always the best best player on the pitch for Villa, but you know show up in the important moments and, and are always dedicated to the club and hurahan has definitely one of those for me so um you know definitely i wouldn't say it was worth going and watching <laughs> the new spider-man movie over being on the podcast but um yeah i'm very excited to hear it uh, in a couple of weeks
0: you made your choice holler a tangled web we weave Oh, punny. absolute silence after that. And I don't blame you at all. So, yeah, that Conor Harahan podcast will be with you on the 29th of December. And there'll be a written piece from Greg to accompany it somewhere around that time as well. So, make sure you're looking out for that. We'll post all over social media when that's coming out. Right, top threes. Top three Christmas moments for Aston Villa Football Club. Greg, I know because you were working so late, like, you haven't had time to point with anything. Got, you I thought think, of anything. I think I've fly? got one. Have you think got one? I've got one. I've got one. This, one. this is a really
1: left-field one and most people are laughing at it. But I think I remember Ross McCormack scoring on Boxing Day. Against Burton. Burton Albion, yeah, and I and I thought, Times. Do, do you know what? Maybe this might be the the the, uh, the start of his of his run for Villa. Because I have to admit, when Ross McCormack was signed for Villa, um, I, I did genuinely believe, you know, as did the people that recruited him, that he would be the guy that would fire Villa back to the Premier League. Um, you know, if you remember, he's he's form in the Championship before. Him, um, scored so many goals for, for Leeds and Fulham. Rarely missed a game through injury as well. So what actually happened at Villa was a bit of a surprise to Mene. Um And yeah, I just remember that day against uh, Burton Albion when he scored and thought, this could be the making of him. Sadly, it wasn't.
0: What memories, Greg? Leandro Bacuna's going a diving header.
1: <laughs> Jordan Ayo crossed
0: in for Ross McCormack and then they both leaving a month later. What, what times? Great times to be a Villa fan, Greg. We all remember those Christmases in the Championship very, very fondly. Holly, have you got one?
2: Yeah, so I have to admit mine are definitely both from watching like highlight reels of Villa's previous years because I was definitely way too young to remember both of these games. But mo- both of mine are Boxing Day. Um, the first one is the four nil win over Everton in oh five oh six. I think one of the few Boxing Day wins that that Villa actually have because we don't have a great record on the day.
0: Was, I was gonna I was gonna pull that because it was a really good goal. In what that was game. the goal?
2: Like, I was really, trying to remember them. It was
0: Angel and Barras, loads of one twos, and then they, Angel ended up scoring. I think Mark Delaney scored that day as well. I was gonna talk about that game. But I thought it was quite niche, but you beat me to it.
2: I can only apologise. I'm pretty sure it's one of, if not the only, like boxing day win for Villa in, in the Premier League. So it's it's not the best. Um and then the other one I had was the four four V Chelsea in oh seven, oh eight.
0: Nick's my other one as well, thanks Holland. <laughs> <laughs> no 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 oh, no, no you, you go, talk, you, talk you, about you, you it you talk go it, for Holla. it no you, you go for it, it.
2: <laughs> um i i can't remember the goals off the top of my he- head but i know that obviously there was there was a penalty or two penalty one or two penalties uh red card and just absolute chaos um it remind I remembered it and I was like I need to go watch it back. So I'll probably do that after this podcast to be honest because that was definitely one of my favorite games.
0: That's one of those games that if you switch on Sky, Sky Sports and they're showing up like, reruns of classic games, that game's always on there. I think Sean Maloney scored two. Yeah. Larson scored and Barry got we got a penalty and stoppage time. Class game. Were Chelsea down to nine men in the end. I can't I can't remember I can't remember if they, if they were or not.
2: Yeah, I, I I don't know, but I need to watch it back after this because it was definitely one of the best.
0: Then there was another game around Christmas a few years later under Hulley at Stamford Bridge. It was three three. That was very very similar. Villa scored again in stoppage time to, to equalise. Kieran Clark. It was had some crazy games at Stamford Bridge. Quite topical as, we, as we're playing Chelsea at Villa Park. Hopefully this Boxing Day. But yeah, the only other one I can remember is I don't even think it was Boxing Day. It was just around Christmas. Was under O'Neill being two 0 down against Arsenal and that Knight equalising in, in in stoppage time on the on the left foot volley. Do you remember that, Greg? Yeah, I, remember it. <clears throat> I remember it well. You don't, do you? I
1: do, I do remember it well.
0: Oh, okay. Your face is telling a completely different story of that of someone who remembers <laughs> it well. But yeah. Hopefully we'll be creating some memories on Boxing Day this year at Villa Park. And do some shout outs now. Greg, did you put a tweet out? Did you put something on the Athletic website? I can't remember what it was that
1: you did. No, no, I just wanted to give some some of our regular listeners the opportunity just to say happy Christmas to, to people who they feel, you know, most deserved it. Um a couple of people got in touch, uh, Dean Caffrey. He wants to wish Nikki, a friend of his, Happy Christmas. I think she's also a big Villa fan and he thinks it would be a good booster for her to hear that. So, Happy Christmas to you, Nicky. Happy Christmas, Nicky. Jack-, Jack Miller also wants to shout out Dan Matheson, uh, the Villa fan he sits next to at each game. I think he's had some health problems this year um, and hasn't been able to get to the ground since pre-lockdown. But Jack wants him to know that everyone's still thinking about him so happy christmas to you dan um not you dan dan matheson (laughs) that's
0: That's really i was thinking that's really (laughs) nice of you Greg. thanks uh, thanks uh, thanks ever so much
1: yeah and just and just one for myself to to john flanner who i think i've mentioned a few times um he's a he's a blind aston villa supporter who, who listens in most weeks john's been a very big encourager in in my life this year so happy christmas to you john
0: that certainly recognise John, John's name he's done, done some stuff on the Villa website before
1: hasn't he yeah he's a, he's a motivational talker as well so um, somebody who always gives me a lift yeah Holly is there anyone you'd like to shout out
2: um, I was also going to shout out Dean just because him along with quite a few other people uh, sent some lovely messages when I covered the Spurs game when Greg was ill and joining the podcast there's been a lot of lovely Villa fans getting in touch and it's been really nice to become more involved in the villa community because that's not something that i really had the chance to do before the athletics so i'm very appreciative and kind of really reflected on that over christmas um and i've been lucky enough not to plug my own stream but just to have a lot of lovely people come across to twitter from twitter to twitch as well um and talk relentlessly about aston villa and watch me fail <laughs> on my former manager's say. so it's been really nice to just really interact with them uh, and kind of get along with so many people which has been really nice
0: yeah, I can relate to the failing on football manager streams because yeah, the other one I'm doing with my mate at the moment is not going well at all. I'm going to shout out someone as well, Dean Averys, because he listens to all the villa stuff. He listens to every Villa podcast go. And I think it's his first Christmas this year with his with his lad. Um so yeah, i wish him a, a very happy Christmas and thank him for the support. And I don't know he'll definitely be looking forward to listening to the Connor Harahan podcast on the 29th that does us then final podcast before Christmas and other than the Connor podcast this will be the final one of 2021 so you will have to listen to Greg and myself again before Christmas speaking to Connor but that's it for Holly for 2021 we will be back in the new year hopefully you all enjoy that podcast with Connor that comes out on the 29th and we'll all be back the three of us in January crowds or not we're excited about the direction that Villa are heading in so until then have a very Merry Christmas and up the Villa
2: athletics.